This is Isaac from Stillwater, Minnesota, and you can rest assured that I never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. Everybody. Welcome to the show. Hashtag third episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore. And I am seated across from a lovely, talented, and scholarly co-host by the name of Brittany Page. Yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> what is happening? I, well, I'm having I'm having a little bit of a, of a problem because um, before we started this, I clicked on an article... <laughs> And Are you still on about the article? Yeah, I'm freaking out about this. <laughs> I can't I can't believe it. You have heard of this. It was not a big deal to you. Yeah. You don't seem at all concerned for the person at all. Well, I'm concerned you, for the person. The no, guy's you a, don't care about tell him. The, tell the deal. Okay. Tell the deal. So this is the title. Texas man's near fatal lesson. A decapitated snake can still bite. Okay. So basically, he and his wife are out in the yard. They live in Texas, and it, she she was doing yard work, and she starts screaming because she saw a four foot long dirt covered rattlesnake in their garden. Yeah, and he's mowing the lawn, so he leaves the lawnmower, runs over to her with shovel in hand, swings the shovel, and chops off the snake's head. Yeah, bam. Okay, like a movie. And then about 10 minutes later, he goes back over to the snake to clean up the murder that has occurred. The murder. And um, (laughs) apparently it was a Western diamondback, if that means anything to anyone. And he goes to pick up the head and it... uh, Very fast striking snake. It bit him. The fangs went right into the hand and they held on for like 30 seconds. Wow, that's that's, uh, being envenomated. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, Is that a real word? I think so. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Look at you, Slubbertagolian. <laughs> Slubbertagolian and uh, pussifilimitude mm, or whatever it is. Look at all Pusillanimous. We're going to have to start a word of the day like Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> Does he have word of the day? Or? I don't. He has like tip of the day. No, he he had a word that he would, right? He would like do a vocab word on oh, every show. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he would. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to the snake. And um, so finally they got the snake head off of his hand and um, he called 911. He starts like having seizures, fading in and out. And apparently getting bit by a dead snake can be way worse, can be more dangerous than getting bit by a live snake and a baby snake too. Beca- Same thing. Because it doesn't regulate how much. Venom. Venom. That's it, right. It's yeah. sending into your body. So and it's just releasing everything because it's dead. I've heard the same thing about baby snakes because they don't have the, they haven't mastered the ability of sending out just a certain spurt of juice. They kind of just, you know, blah, they, you know, blow their little snake wad. Oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they they had to helicopter him 40 miles from their house. Wow. And uh, he like said, if I die, I love you. Was like saying goodbye because wow. he, he knew how bad it was. Dying from snake bite 
in America isn't very common because... He's only 42. Yeah, I mean, you get bit by a rattlesnake. It's going to be a bummer for you, but usually you don't die unless you're an old person or a kid. This, it is, I think, likely because... He he got juiced, you yeah, know. Yeah. Well, and they gave him twenty six doses of anti venom. Um, the average treatment is between two and four. So he got twenty six treatments of anti venom. Wow. And they had to put him in a medically induced coma. I hope that people aren't bored by this because I was reading it and every paragraph. Yeah, I was, I was like, trying oh to get my you. To, God, I was trying to get you to pay attention to show prep, and you were. I thought you were being funny no. by, but on your face, like ignoring me because you were you were in shock. Every subsequent paragraph you had, you emoted. That's crazy. <laughs> um, but four days later, he woke up out of the coma and didn't remember what happened. He wow. had no memory of what happened. And then his memory slowly came back to him, apparently. And he said that he if he could, he could do things. He would do things differently. You think? Um, oh, nope. Everything the same. Yeah, what an amazing insight, <laughs> New York Times. Thank you for that. Um, I've, well, I've killed a couple different r- rattlesnakes in my time. Really? In my day. Did you swing the shovel at its head? No, I shot one with a shotgun once. Oh. And then, um, I don't know, maybe a stick or something with the other one. Uh, you killed a rattlesnake with a stick? Yeah, like a big, like a branch <laughs> of a tree. Okay. And uh, same deal, you bury them. You mm-hmm. bury because they will... It's pretty, I mean, I guess when you live out in the fucking woods like hillbillies, like I grew up, uh, it, you, it's just common knowledge that you bury it because they keep, they keep a snapping. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, but apparently this article, they do have information here now saying if, if he would have known that he, this could have, this wouldn't have happened to him. So apparently we're doing the audience a service here <laughs> by... If if you don't know that the decapitated snakehead will kill you. Now you know. Now you know. The more you know. So don't try to pick it up and move it to another location. Just scoot it into its grave with a stick or something. Well, since we're doing the science thing here, um, I... I Is this a science thing? <laughs> well, I mean, we're kind of a little sciencey. I got a science story that I want to talk about that blew my balls off. I had no idea this had happened. Mm -hmm. And I think it could be a a big deal. Mm. They found organic matter on Mars. Now, that doesn't mean, uh, you know, green little green aliens or something, but it it could be a marker that there is um, or was possibly life billions of years ago or whatever on on the planet Mars. There are new signs that life could have once existed on Mars. Today, NASA scientists announced that the Mars Curiosity rover has found organic matter in three billion year old mudstone on the red planet. The rover also found methane in the Martian atmosphere, a simple organic molecule. Scientists say the search for life on other planets centers on discovering organic elements just like these. The findings were published in two articles in the journal Science Today. Chris Webster is a senior research fellow with NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory just up the road from us here in Hollywood. He's a co-author of one of those very articles published today, joining me via Skype. First of all, congratulations. Thank you. All right, so I think it's really important for you to explain to regular schmoes like us the significance of this discovery. 
Well, uh, first of all, uh, regarding the methane in the atmosphere, we know on Earth that all the methane or 95% of the methane in the atmosphere comes from biology. It comes from termites, from cows, from sheep, from, from uh, wetlands and marshes. So when we see methane in the atmosphere of Mars, we're immediately excited about the potential that it could be biologically created. And even more so because we know it doesn't really last in the atmosphere very long compared to the three billion years that you mentioned. And so we know it has to be created, it's being created to today in some shape or form or released. So that's a very exciting uh, discovery that's been made um, over the last few years. Is it significant years. where these discoveries were made on Mars? Um, it can be, of course. Now, we're lucky we're in Gale Crater and we have access to these, uh, these mudstones, if you like, these very ancient mudstones. It's significant. The discovery of organics is significant because we just drilled only a few centimeters below the surface. And lo and behold, we discover organic molecules. Pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I just that I'm kind of a space nerd. Mm -hmm. Um. And this stuff fascinates me. So yeah. I thought I would share that with all you guys. It fascinates me, but it is way above my pay grade. So that's where I your, am with your, that. Your, your brain pay grade? Yes. <laughs> that is correct. I don't think so. I, think, I just think you don't have an interest in it. I do have an interest in it. Nah, you don't. Moving on. Uh <laughs> All right. So let's let's very briefly talk about. First of all, I want to um, I want to say thank you to a listener who sent me a. I don't know if he wants to be named, so I'm not going to name him. But he sent me a. Uh, I don't know how to say the word, but it's like a mortar and pestle. Molahakte, mm -hmm. or it's this this giant volcanic stone grinder mm -hmm. to make salsa and grind peppers and. Uh, make guacamole. Yep. And he 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 said he had a it was a drunk purchase. He was uh -huh. out cooking in yeah. his outdoor kitchen. That's amazing. Which is fucking amazing. Yes. I makes me super envious. And for some reason, thought of Jesse D and went in and and he said he used the Amazon link, which thank you, mm -hmm. and bought me a present using the Amazon link. Beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. So I wanted to say thank you for that. That is just. Awesome and fantastic. Yes. And then we got something in the in the P.O. box uh, just the other day. Um, dearest Jesse D. and Brittany E. Brittany E. <laughs> Maybe he means Brittany E. Page. Well, that's fine. I have a friend who recently opened a new venture with the expressed intent of championing equality. He created 40 pieces showing the equal sign in different ways. I chose Better Together to send to you because I view that as a mission that you both embrace. I see you both willing to acknowledge the inequities in our society and moving the conversation forward as only you can. Take a picture if you find a place to put the sticker. I'll talk about that in a second. Love you both. Love the show. Brittany is the best part. Part. Bye, SP, question mark, Todd, and Judy. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. So the sticker is the Social Justice League. And Very funny. You have uh, Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr. It's, so it's, it's kind of a spoof on the superheroes, obviously. Yes. Um, and they're all like in action figure poses. Like uh, uh, Mother Teresa is like 
in kind of a ninja move or something. Yeah, yeah. It's very it's pretty cute. awesome. We will find a place to put the sticker and uh, take a picture of it. Right. And then we did get this equal sign. And I I went to look at this um, this website and they have amazing prints. I mean, every yeah. single one is amazing. You can't buy them yet. Um, I think the shop is like up and getting ready to be up and running or something. So, so we got kind of an early... I guess an so, early one. That's Todd, awesome because it's Todd's friend. He yeah. has the inside scoop. Um, so the the website, if you want to check out the prince, is um, nwakinship.com. K i n s h i p. N w a kinship. Yeah, like like the rap group. Correct. N w a kinship. Dot com. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And they are just equal signs in different ways. You know, the human rights campaign. Yeah. The the equal sign of, of the human rights campaign. Yeah. Th- this one is kind of a, a fi- we'll take a picture of it, put it on the website, but it's mm-hmm. kind of a, uh, or the Facebook page. It's like a faded blue with a, it's just awesome. I think they're, it's super cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll, we'll take a picture of that. And Thank this will you, be, Todd and Judy. This will be artwork for the studio wall too. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, this is great. It's similar to the colors of the wall in here. Yeah. Kind of a light blue. Yeah. Thank you again, uh, Todd and Judy. You guys are, are beautiful, beautiful people. We love you guys so much. I, I It is a, a very cool thing. I know we talk about this all the goddamn time, but I don't, it never gets old for me to say it is how much I really appreciate the audience and how much, just how goddamn much... How many friendships that have been born out of this podcast? Mm -hmm. Not just us and the audience and certain members of the audience with whom we've connected, but also audience member to audience member. I don't know how many people I like people who are members of the Dollamore listener group on Mm -hmm. Facebook that they connect that way. And then I see like I'm I'm friends with several listeners. A lot of people friend request me. And when I see someone from the group and then it says, you know, who you're also friends with. And they're also friends with other listeners from all across the country and all across the world. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, just fucking awesome. Yeah. I, I really, uh, it makes me feel very good. So, yeah. It thank makes, you guys. It makes me feel kind of bad, but um, well, I, you're I, a I terrible get, person. I get though. what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's awesome. And uh, like like minded people coming together to discuss things is is always good. Always, always good. All right. Well, uh, last time on the show, I made some comments about, by the way, you're not getting ready to hear an apology, so calm down, everybody. But I made some comments about the Supreme Court decision relative to the the, the, the baker in Colorado. What, what would be the opposite of tooting your own horn? What would be a drop that we would have? Like, we need a drop for every time Jesse's wrong about something. There's no such drop. Oh, <laughs> create one and we're gonna we're gonna get it done how about this she's not a christian no that's your favorite one it's my favorite one um we can't we can't have that though we can't (laughs) use it no no we have to we're gonna have to brainstorm if you guys have ideas send them in (laughs) it's it'll be the probably the most played drop when it's perfect i'll know yeah i'll know right away so anyway i made some comments about you know talking about how the Colorado Commission on Civil Rights and how they, uh, I think maybe I used the word dickish because someone tweeted and said that I, they weren't being dickish and to go listen to this other podcast and they explain it. And I still maintain my position. Um, we'll get into it, but uh, Marissa McCool from Inciting Incident Podcast called in and she had some, uh, 
some grievances. Not necessarily with me, but um, let's talk about it. Hello, it's the resident trans listener, Marissa McCold, just calling in because some gay shit is in the news and you knew I was going to. Yeah, I know what the decision was, and I'm still pissed off about it for multiple reasons. I am sick of having to be nice. I'm sick of told, being told that I have to be nice to religious bigots. Especially when, first of all, they're not nice to me. And second of all, they are, to some points, literally advocating for our death. And then we get tone police saying, well, we're not being nice and respectful enough about the fact that they believe that we're lesser or subhuman or don't deserve rights. And I don't care if the Civil Rights Commission was mean about his terrible fucking belief because people on that side are terrible to us all the time. And it doesn't really matter what the ruling said in some ways because bigots are already celebrating this. You know, the people who won were already on Fox News saying they can't wait to discriminate against us again. So much like Donald J. Trump Jr., it doesn't matter if the ruling legalized discrimination on religious grounds or not, because they took it that way. I personally saw a message from someone that said, give it up, faggots, you lost, get over it, from someone with a Confederate flag in their photo, who I guess doesn't understand what the word irony means. But make no mistake, bigots are celebrating what they think happened, and they're going to continue and be emboldened to discriminate against us more because of this. And I know it's not quite as easy to understand when you're not in the group that's going to be discriminated against, but it's already terrifying enough just to exist in public sometime. And we're not really happy about people feeling more emboldened to discriminate and otherwise try to exclude us from being a member of, pub a member of the public. And I'm not saying that you were excusing that. All I'm saying is I'm tired of the idea that being a religious bigot for whatever reason, being used to, you know, is, is something that needs to be neutral and respected. But me saying your belief is awful, go fuck yourself, is being too mean and too radical. So I'm not disagreeing with you, Jesse, and I know I think you know that, but it's more a response to everybody who's telling us to calm down and not worry so much because, yeah, this case may not have decided that, but you can guarantee we're going to see more of it. And I'm not confident the court will take our side anymore. Elections have fucking consequences. A couple things. One, I do agree bigots are celebrating this. Moron mag-Americans who don't understand what took place in the decision from the SCOTUS, they are celebrating this as though it's some kind of a victory for bigotry, for uh, discrimination. But this, this ruling isn't that. What's this, what's this bigot cake artiste? What's his name? Jack Phillips. Jack Phillips. Here's what I predict. Set myself up for the toot of the horn. Jack Phillips went back to Colorado to make his artistic cakes 
And uh, I, 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 I strongly believe there are going to be more uh, gay and lesbian individuals, LGBT people who are going to go into that shop and ask for a cake and he's going to refuse and he's going to get his fucking ass dragged right back to court because this SCOTUS decision did not make it legal to discriminate against gays and lesbians in Colorado. It did not. The law still stands in Colorado. If he does it again, he's going to get dragged back to court. So my issue, I, I, I understand the frustration. I'm not a member of the group, but I, I, I have a human experience. I, I, I just being discriminated against is, has got to be the most frustrating fucking thing because there's nothing really you can do about it. I'm not asking you, Marissa, or anybody else out there to be nice to bigots. I don't expect you to be nice. I wouldn't ask you to be nice. I'm not nice. <laughs> I wouldn't put that on anybody else. But having a government-sponsored comment from the Civil Rights Commission which is this. This is what he said. I would also like to reiterate that what we said in the hearing on, uh, or the last meeting, freedom of religion and religion has been used to justify all kinds of discrimination throughout history, whether it be slavery, whether it be the Holocaust, whether it be, I mean, we can list hundreds of situations where freedom of religion has been used to justify discrimination. And to me, it is one of the most despicable pieces of rhetoric that people can use to, to use their religion to hurt others. That is not the role of this body, this government entity, to all they had to do was make a ruling. Nope. You were wrong, pass their ruling, and then have him live with the consequences. Adding your little commentary, as correct as this is, except for the fact that freedom of religion has been used to justify the Holocaust. That's just fucking not history. It's wrong. Freedom, that wasn't a freedom of religion issue. That was persecuting a religion, the Jews. So... I just don't, in my opinion, look, reasonable, reasonable people can disagree and often do. I don't believe, I don't want my government being in the commentary business like this. And let me read you what just uh, justice Anthony Kennedy wrote in the decision, the, the, the majority decision, the seven two decision, uh, of which, uh, Elena Kagan and, and buyers. And also, I mean, there's only nine Supreme Court justices, and seven of them uh, voted this way. And this is what uh, Justice Anthony Kennedy wrote. Um, writing for the court majority, Justice Anthony Kennedy said some commissioners, quote, disparaged Phillips' faith as despicable and characterized it as a merely rhetorical and compared his invocation of his sincerely held religious beliefs to defenses of slavery and the Holocaust. Such statements, Kennedy wrote, indicated, quote, clear and impermissible hostility toward his religious beliefs. Correct? Yes. Is it the government's role to say that and act like that to a citizen? I don't think so. And hadn't they done this, hadn't they done this, 
if this case was brought, it probably, if it got to the Supreme Court, it, it, it very likely could have found a different ending. But, like we said last episode, this does not permit him to discriminate again. It just doesn't. This is also why this is tricky. So, for people that um, are are excited when they hear that the commission said that. Um, even atheists, right, that are, like, excited that they're yeah. shitting on religion. Um, the reason that you don't want governments getting into this business is because it will be used against minority groups, like Muslims yeah. and um, Jews and other types of religions um, that are outside of the majority Christian faith. Um, so certain groups might be like, yeah, I, I want them to have said that to Jack Phillips, but then you have to wade into the territory of, well, do you want the government saying that to a Muslim? Um, and there, there is some sort of protection in place of the government discriminating, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. There's the first amendment of the constitution. And so... I, I get it, and I, 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 when we got the tweet saying that you were defending the commission, yeah, that's. Cool. I, I didn't remember that you you said that. I was like that. No, you, no, well, we were, we were giving def- we were giving what the Supreme Court's decision was based on the commission, yeah, um, commission's response, and I I didn't necessarily get the vibe from you that you were, um, like siding with. With Phillips, certainly. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, that that was kind of confusing, but totally, I understand what Marissa is saying. And when I saw posts that were like, you know, calm it down, everybody, I was kind of like, uh, people have the right to be upset by yeah, this. Yeah, and, and people should be fu- yeah, fucking fired up and, about it. Um, I, of course, especially when you're seeing these posts from people saying terrible things uh, and not understanding what the actual ruling means. It's disgusting, but um, like you said, hopefully there will be a case that comes along and and we, there will be. and we will have an answer to this question. And uh, Marissa said that she's not hopeful that it will go the right way, but I think it will. And, yeah, and when too. you listen, that's why I said everyone should go listen to the oral arguments of the Jack Phillips case when the lawyers uh, battled it out with the justices. And I don't know how much time they have. It was fascinating to listen to. I mean, it's fascinating to listen For to. For sure. They're interrupting each other. They're kind of dicks to each other. Like, the, they're not <laughs> nice to the lawyer that's arguing. Yeah, it, it's yeah. a very strange dynamic in that room. Uh, so I would definitely recommend to go listen to it. And... Um, Things were not going well for the Masterpiece Cake Shop side um, in terms of the argument of why he denied services. So when we have another case that comes along that is about denying services to gay people, uh, that's a little preview of how those oral arguments will go. Yeah. So anyway, listen, Marissa, just personally, let me send you a message. You keep on being you. Be pissed off. Be fired up. That that is what activism is all about, and you you don't have to fucking explain yourself to anybody relative to your value as a person and a human. Uh, you, you're fantastic, and fuck religious bigots, fuck bigots in general, fuck them. All right, 
uh, moving on, we we have a couple of emails that we want to get to before before the next. So this is an anonymous email, and um, I don't know if people know this, but if you write to us and you say, I do not want to be identified, even if there's identifying information in the email, we will not identify you and we will honor your request Absolutely. to be anonymous. Yeah. So if that is something, if, if you are fearful and you don't want to write to us for that reason because you feel uncomfortable, um, you can say, I would prefer to be anonymous on this one. And we'll know that, that we will absolutely respect your privacy. Right. Um, it, it, it means, I mean, we're going to honor that. We, yes. we respect and love our audience too much to, uh, to violate any, any trust. Okay, so um, this is this is going to say I appreciate the last episode, but that's not technically the last episode because this email um, came through a while ago. So hopefully you'll just figure it out based on context. Yeah, okay. right. <laughs> Um, I appreciate the last episode, among other reasons, because of the discussion about cultural expectations concerning sexuality and sexual activity. Not only religious ideas about sex and sexuality and quote-unquote incels and expectations about being or not being a virgin, but also by including that different people have different desires and needs. I think it was one of your callers that mentioned asexuals. I want to share a bit of my experience as it may help others. Personally, I do not have much of a sex drive, and I become attracted to people, men, only after I get to know them quite well. So I have always found the idea of visual attraction or thinking that someone looks sexy very strange, like meeting a future mate by seeing them across the room at a party. And my hope was when I was a teenager was to meet a man who wasn't very interested in sex. At the time, I thought it was because of being fundamentalist Christian and believing that procreation was the only non-sinful form of sex. Today, I am in a long-term relationship with a man who is asexual. He was a virgin when when we met, and at first, he didn't understand what was wrong. He thought it was something about me, that I pressed him too much, expected too much sexually, or had gained a few pounds, or that he was so afraid of me getting pregnant that it wrecked the mood. But over time, we both have come to realize that we simply do not conform to the dominant ideas of sexuality found in our society and culture. We have little need or desire for sex, so although we have a wonderful relationship and enjoy our life together, we have not had sex for quite a few years. Since we realized that our dissatisfaction with our sex life represented society's expectations and not our own needs and desires. Not that I don't enjoy an orgasm every once in a while, but that doesn't necessarily require others. Winky face. A vibrator is much quicker anyway. It is still weird how every time we see a movie or TV series, everyone, quote unquote, seems to not be able to control themselves and are always ending up having sex. The situation feels so foreign. Anyway, thanks for moving the conversation forward. Also, non-Trump conversations. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, perfect. Okay. Uh, we, we, lo- we do love hearing that. Yeah, that people appreciate non-Trump conversations. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think we've, we've Although, talked... Although, get ready, because there's some Trump stuff coming up. Yeah, there is. <laughs> um, I, first of all, thank you for the email. Great uh, perspective. And uh, I think we've talked about this, because it's something that bothers me, too, is um, representations of sex scenes on movies and TV shows. Uh, do you want to... Look what I just wrote down. Is that what you wrote down? I wrote kissing scene uh-huh. because it's your fucking pet peeve when we watch shows where 
two people are like super they're fighting or they're they're yelling at each other and then there's like a they take a beat and then they they like just ram Lunge. their faces into each yeah. other and fucking start kissing it's just it's fucking dumb and unrealistic. Yeah, I hate and it. You, you hate that. Yeah, I hate it. As soon as that happens, like I'm done watching a show. I'll turn yeah. it the fuck off. I <laughs> wow. I get so angry. It is bullshit. Those scenes. Oh. Bullshit. <laughs> anyway, um, really passionate about things that don't matter. So, uh, <laughs> but also like uh, sex scenes where they're having sex. And they both orgasm at the same time, yeah, which yeah. is like super rare in and of itself. Um, um, orgasm at the same time with just um, the penis going into the vagina, no like hand stimulation on the clitoris, or you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, okay, anyway, we're getting into the weeds. Well, so, um, yeah, it's just it's unrealistic. The orgasms are unrealistic, and then also like the aftermath of sex is unrealistic. Like the woman. Um, after having the the mutual simultaneous orgasm, just rolls, rolls off over, into her own wetness. Yeah, and then this, you know, good times falls out and gets all over the bed. I mean, it's just a mess, and, right, right, right. and that's not how it works in right. real life. Yeah. So <laughs> right. it just bothers me when I see these scenes, and it is like unrealistic romantic situations or unrealistic sex scenes. I know that that's not what the emailer was talking about, but. Well, it kind of sets it sets people up this this weird depiction in media. Um, it is it does set people up for uh, an unrealistic um, idea of what it's going to be like for them. Yeah, like I don't know how many fucking stories I've heard of women being interviewed about orgasm and then not being sure whether they've actually had an orgasm mm -hmm. or interviews with women who, when they finally did have an orgasm, they were like, holy shit. That's, I thought I was having an orgasm all these years. Oh my God. Right. It just, it's, it's, it's a deprivation that they're not even aware of. Yeah. And I, I don't know how to, and we're way in the weeds now. I but. don't know how to remedy that, but I, for me, I I listened to Loveline when I was younger. Yeah. And so I heard all about it. And um, women would call in and Dr. Drew would talk about how it's it's uh, rare for women to have orgasms through only vaginal penetration. Um, and yeah. and that you need some direct stimulation on the clitoris. I don't know why we're getting into sex ed here. Um, but yeah, those, those things are, are important for people to know. And I think that that's what the, the emailer was getting into is it creates these kind of expectations. Mm -hmm. And then people are like, well, I saw this in a movie or I saw this in a show and this is how this is supposed to be. And this is how I'm supposed to be. And this is how I'm supposed to feel. And listen, I, I there's definitely different types of people i mean that's not the fucking news alert for anybody but different kinds of people out there relative to sex and their appetites for sex or no appetites for sex the asexuality thing while i don't get it uh it is valid as i knew a dude i used to be friends with a guy who um struggled with it because he just didn't have an appetite for sex he just wasn't you know and it, and it bothered his wife hmm. and uh he always was very critical of himself, like something was really fucking wrong with him. Mm. And that's a bummer. Yeah. It shouldn't, it, you know, it, that's a, uh, it's sad to go through your life and just 
I don't know. I, 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 uh, I'm very empathetic for people like that. So Yeah, well, I'm happy that the emailer found a partner and they are happy in their relationship yeah. and uh, finding what works for them both. I Absolutely. Think that, I think that that's the important thing. Thank you for the email. And also, you're welcome for the sex lesson. Um. <laughs> <laughs> One more time. And when I'm saying it's... When I said it's rare... For the, for the orgasms with only vaginal penetration for women. I'm just talking about... I mean, it happens. It obviously happens. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying it's it's uh, more likely to happen with the direct stimulation. Okay? So don't send me emails, okay? About how you're perfectly fine and you have all the orgasms. That way it's fine. Okay? We're all... We make it work. It's great. Okay? <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> hey, Jesse and Brittany. This is Heather from Arkansas. Heather! I've been listening to the show for quite a while but have never written or called. So exciting. First, I want to say how much I love the show. Living in Arkansas, I'm surrounded by conservatives. The show helps me, uh, helps keep me sane and lets me know that there are reasonable people out there. The reason I'm writing is because of an encounter with my in-laws. We have been vacationing together because they always wanted to take my kids to Disneyland. Anyway, we have spent a lot of time in the car, and of course, the conversations turn political. My mother-in-law was talking about how she loves living in Texas because they don't, quote, cater to blacks and gays. <laughs> they don't cater she, to blacks and gays. Does she, she mean like a catering, like a restaurant? That seems like it's against the law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She also talked about an old man that was getting robbed by a quote-unquote thug at a red box, and the old man shot the quote-unquote thug dead. Another family member chimed in and compared the Democrats to ISIS. I think she may be watching too much Fox News. My mother-in-law's comments bothered me for many reasons. One reason is because my sister-in-law, her daughter, is gay. My heart broke listening to the hateful things coming out of her mouth, and I wondered if my sister-in-law has heard her say these things. Another thing that upset me was her talking about black people the way she did. That quote-unquote thug, which she also described as a kid, may not have been doing anything wrong, and now he's dead. The way she was talking about these quote-unquote thugs makes me think of Trayvon Martin. I was so sad and upset with the conversation around me that I started crying. I couldn't even respond to anyone. I couldn't take all the hate around me. I had no words. I don't know what to do in these situations, so I'm asking for advice and or suggestions. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Heather. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Thank you, Heather. Um, It's uh, tragic that you have to be kind of forcibly in that situation because it's your in-laws. I don't know how how normal people should deal with things like that because I I have no problem cutting people right the fuck off. Uh, and that's a shortcoming on my part. I'm a little maybe too quick to do that. But let me say let me say this. I, I mean Brittany will be better suited to tell you, you know, what the best way to deal with that shit is. I mean let's not get too excited, but but what you're describing, what Heather is describing especially related to the to the to the racism that's garden variety quote unquote socially acceptable white supremacy and i don't mean like white supremacist i mean that is the supremacy of being white that it is the norm it is the benchmark and she's letting her whiteness living in texas 
control how she what she thinks about catering to blacks and gays what in the fiddling fuck does that even mean catering to gays and blacks two of the most oppressed groups in our country are not being catered to i would love to ask them how is it that you're seven to nine times more likely to die while unarmed at the hands of a police officer in America if you're a young black man? How that is being catered to. It's absurd. It's a sinister line of thought. And the fact that she's so fucking comfortable to say, Hatefully uninformed shit like that speaks to garden variety white supremacy. So what should Heather do in that situation? Um, if the car door opens from the inside while you're moving, I would fucking bail the fuck out. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, listen, you got to keep you got to live with these people. So. I would, I mean, I think registering some opposition is necessary mm -hmm. just to keep your soul clean. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that you want to get into a knockdown drag out with someone that you're probably not going to change their mind. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's, I would, if it were me, I would spend way less fucking time with these people. Mm -hmm. Now, that might not be an option. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, and uh, it's tough. I'm also not normal as it relates to um, being in contact with family members, although it's not for political reasons, um, <laughs> necessarily. Um, but uh, I wonder if she knows her daughter is gay. So that's something that stood out for me. Um, and I think that if she does, a simple question of something like, does your daughter know that you feel this way? Or would you want your daughter to be discriminated against? And maybe she doesn't care. Maybe, yeah. Maybe she doesn't uh, care if her daughter is discriminated against. And then you kind of yeah. know the person that you're dealing with. But in terms of trying to probe it and see where it goes, or like you said, register some hint of opposition, if you're going to do that, it could be beneficial to do it in um, a way that... that asks some questions that might try to get at some semblance of empathy there yeah. for the groups that she's talking about. But I, I, I really don't know either. I mean, it's, it's tough. Um, I, I wonder how many listeners are in this situation where they have family or friends that they um, want to be connected to. It isn't just have to be connected to people that you love that have been in your life for a long time um, that you want to be close to that say things that make you really upset politically and uh, that are racist or bigoted and how you deal with that. I think that would be good to hear from listeners about that too. And I really feel for Heather. It's tough. Um, I, I have had situations with family members where these types of conversations have come up and because it's me, they result in full blown um, arguments. Yes. So 
it just depends on how far you want to take it, honestly. Um, but we all know there's a balance there with with family and people you love of uh, not not pushing too far, but also not wanting to let the comments just stand without a challenge. So we feel for you, Heather. Yeah, I don't think we answered your question. Um, obviously, there's so many unknown variables with yeah. with the situation in particular that it's hard to really say what would be best. And I think the only person that really knows what's best is Heather. So. Yeah. Hang in there. Yeah. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. So this weekend, we're going to post about the contest for the giveaway yes. of the book so then everyone can see it and get excited by it and say, oh, I'm going to become a Patreon supporter. That's the idea. And um, <laughs> if you would like to... That's the idea. If you would like to support the show in other ways, you can shop on Amazon through the link at dollamore.com slash Amazon. You can rate and review us on iTunes, sans curse words. Um, that helps us get out in front of new listeners. Tremendous help. You can buy I Doubt It With Dollamore merchandise, including an I'm the Puppet t-shirt, just like Mikey in Chicago. Um, at dollamore.info. So, and w- for those of you who have bought T-shirts and stuff, we would love take some pictures. Yes, we want to see that. Yes, of course, it's awesome. Yes, and same with uh, getting stickers. And I'm gonna send a batch of stickers out this weekend. So if you are a recent Patreon supporter and you haven't received stickers yet uh, for the appropriate tier, um, then expect those to be going out this weekend. Also, if you have. If the only stickers you have are the old, what we refer to as dick nose stickers with the old logo that my nose looks like a dick and balls, Mm -hmm. (laughs) let us know and we'll send you out some new stickers. This episode is kind of sexually explicit. That's that's the way I like it. Mm -hmm. That's the way Rudy likes it, too. (laughs) I mean, no, he doesn't. We're going to get to that. Okay. We're going to get to that. Um... Well, I guess that there's no better time to get to that than right now. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So Rudy Giuliani was in Tel Aviv talking about all kinds of shit on a panel and was asked a question about Stormy Daniels. And he had all kinds of ignorant asshole things to say because, well, you know, he's... He's Rudy Giuliani, and that's kind of what he does. He's an asshole. He says prickish things. Uh, This audio is fucking terrible, the quality. Uh, Apparently, they were rookies who were running this question and answer period. So just bear with the audio. But listen to this sampling of some of the just jackass things that were coming out of Rudy Giuliani's mouth. Stormy, the porn star. You know, every porn person can't be a star. I never heard of her before. Now, I don't really look at porn. Please get that down. I don't look at Uh-huh. But I would say that that's about the same credibility as her lawyer 
who, who basically got thrown out of the case. I don't trust, I don't believe Stormy Daniels. You know, we can listen. Uh, I don't believe her. I don't know. Uh, sue me, Stormy. I don't believe her. But if you don't believe her, how come there was a money paid to her to keep her silent? For because I've done that. I've done that and for clients. You, you, you settle. The money was repaid by the president. So it you was settle me. cases. You settle cases to protect people's reputation, whether it's true or not. Because if she said it, as she has, people will believe it, whether it's true or not. I respect all human beings. I even have to respect, you know, criminals. But I'm sorry, I don't respect a porn star the way I respect a career woman or a woman of substance or a woman who has great respect for herself as a woman and as a person and isn't going to sell her body for sexual exploitation. So, Stormy, you want to bring a case, let me cross-examine you. Can you tell us, we've seen uh, Melania here in Israel, and we were very impressed by her gracious manner and her, you know, such elegant and really um, comedy. And can you tell her how does she feel these days with all these Stormy Daniel affairs going on in the background, and she's not well, I I, I mean, stepping I, up to... I, I can't speak for, for uh, Melania. Uh, but ex- you're, you're a personal friend. I, I am, and I, I will... Uh, she believes in her husband. She knows it's untrue. I don't even think there's a slight suspicion that it's true when you, excuse me, but when you look at Stormy Daniels. Uh, I know Donald Trump and Let's look, respect at his, him. look at his three wives, right? Beautiful women, classy women, women of great substance. Stormy Daniels. What a prick. What a smug fucking prick. Well, this bothers me because I, all of these people who like to act like they aren't watching porn right, yeah. or they're so against sodomy and talking about the evils of sodomy. Yeah, yeah. And just all of these people, please. I would love to see Rudy Giuliani's search history. Of course. His secret browser that's open on his laptop. I guarantee you, Rudy Giuliani has watched multiple especially since her name became more public, Stormy Daniels videos. Yeah, For I just, sure yeah, he has. I just don't believe it. I just don't believe it. And so knock it off. Uh, yeah, it's so it's so demeaning when it fits with what you're trying to say. <laughs> Porn is so demeaning when you want to talk about Stormy Daniels. But then when you go home and you, you know, need to fall asleep or whatever and you open the laptop, okay... I mean, I don't know for sure. I'm just guessing, okay? Please. Just based on what most Americans are up to. Right. Okay? The porn sites are active, like, all day long. Okay? Yeah. There's, like, a surge at noon when they go on break for lunch, okay? <laughs> it's it's just a thing that happens, all right? Um, but he's also acting like he's personal friends with Melania Trump. In fact, I think he used that phrase, that they're yes. personal friends. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they're great friends. Um He also said that she doesn't believe the Stormy Daniels affair, right? So uh, Stephanie Grisham, Melania Trump's spokeswoman, issued a statement and she said, quote, I don't believe Mrs. Trump has ever discussed her thoughts on anything with Mr. Giuliani. That is awesome. And that's awesome because they didn't have to issue a statement. They could have just remained silent. Right. This for me is about as far. This is almost... A, we disagree with Rudy Giuliani. Mrs. Trump is very, very much believes that her husband fucked this porn star. (laughs) I mean, that's what that is. Otherwise, they would have just kept their mouth shut. Yeah. Or it's um, she is pissed off 
because she believes it. Yeah. And so she's firing off a message like, don't play with me. Yeah. Don't bring me into this. I don't believe Mrs. Trump has ever discussed her thoughts on anything with with Rudy Giuliani. It's so weird because Rudy Giuliani (laughs) said they're personal friends. It seems like you discuss your thoughts about things with your personal friends. Right. Right. Ugh. Jackass. Personal friends. I did appreciate, though. How the ladies who were questioning him when he started um, demeaning her and being shitty about Stormy Daniels, one of the ladies says, let's respect her. Let's come on. Keep it. And he's just going on about Donald Trump's three wives. (laughs) Republican Party 2018, everybody. Mm -hmm. The party of family values. Yeah. How they're all classy and great. Um Ugh. Melania Trump also posed nude. I mean, you with can with other women. Yeah, you can go look at her um, body parts online if you if you want to. I'm sure many people already have, but I just and that's not to shame Melania Trump for no, it's doing just the that. Hypocrisy. Of yeah, it. it's it's just that you you can't act like this. And then Donald Trump himself has appeared in CNN reported it today like three soft core porn movies. Yes. Um, and he was fully clothed in them and surrounded by people that were fully clothed. But during the course of the film that he appeared in. They were not fully clothed <laughs> and doing other things. Um, but he's 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 uh, they give him mulligan on that one, Brittany. Mm-hmm. He is the the emperor god that Jesus has chosen from on high to rule our country. Yeah, but something else that bothers me about this is that he's criticizing Stormy Daniels and acting like she's this pariah, she's this just disgusting creature, this immoral yeah. woman. When Donald Trump's the one who inserted his penis into her, right? Um, while his wife was at home with the baby so why isn't rudy giuliani like all upset about that and talking about how gross donald trump is why is it stormy daniels the one that's being attacked well i think rudy giuliani's his his gross detector is a little off after all he did fucking marry his cousin Brittany. his first cousin his he it was his second cousin it was his his well, dad's allowed. it was his dad's that's allowed in California, that's allowed. You can marry your first cousin in California. Yeah, I was going to say first cousin. But it, it was his dad's cousin. His his dad's... Uh, anyway, second cousin. It's <laughs> fucking gross. It's weird and gross. Yeah, Cr- Chrissy Teigen tweeted about it. Um, something about the... All you have to say in response to anything Rudy Giuliani says is that he married his cousin and it wins every time or something. (laughs) And someone responded to her and said, hey, there might be plenty of great people that are married to their cousins. And she was like, yeah, I actually thought about that before I sent it. It's not everybody. It's just him Um, (laughs) or something, something like that. Something since when do we have to walk back our comments that it's weird to marry your fucking family? (laughs) <laughs> I'm not walking it back. That's fucking... If you're married to your cousin out there, everybody, that's weird. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean... There's a reason we don't muddy the gene pool like the fucking British royal family did for hundreds of years. It's a problem. You end up with like an arm growing out of your fucking forehead. All right. Well, if you would like to sound off about this or any other thing, bitch me out for taking this radical position that you shouldn't marry your family. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit 
at dollamore.com. Let's wrap the show, Brittany Page, with wonderful news. I hope you can sense the sarcasm. The ridiculous news coming out of the Miss America pageant that they're going to eliminate like the, the, the swimsuit competition. They're not going to have an evening gown competition anymore. No more bikinis. Miss America is eliminating its swimsuit competition in an historic makeover of the iconic pageant. Well, let me get this straight. The beauty pageant is dead. We're no longer judging our candidates on their outward physical appearance. And we're no longer calling it a pageant. We're a competition. To boldly make the point, the organization tweeted a white bikini going up in smoke with the hashtag Bye Bye Bikini. The new chairwoman of the organization, Gretchen Carlson, spearheaded the sweeping changes. It's much more important to look at somebody and talk about their goals and their achievements in life and how we can teach them leadership skills and really celebrate the talent. Carlson was at the vanguard of the Me Too movement, having successfully sued Fox News chief Roger Ailes for sexual harassment. I know all about the cultural revolution and the kind of courage it takes to make bold and brave decisions. In place of the swimsuit segment, the contestants will participate in a live, interactive session with judges where they can talk about their achievements, their goals, and how they would use their skills in the role of Miss America. Current Miss America, Cara Munn, is on board with the changes. I think it's, it's really exciting because as society has evolved, so has the Miss America organization. And I say, as Miss America, since the night I was crowned, I've never worn a swimsuit. And we are looking for women that can fulfill the job and have the qualities of what it is to be a Miss America, and that doesn't mean wearing a swimsuit. Also gone with the wind is the evening gown competition. That's being scrapped, too. Our evening gown competition will now be evening wear and give the candidate a choice of what she feels most self-confident in. So that could be an evening attire of a pantsuit or it could be a cocktail dress or it still could be an evening gown. Carlson was crowned Miss America in 1989 and I was one of her judges. You were up on stage and you were in your one-piece swimsuit walking on the stage in Atlantic City. Take me inside your head at that moment. I am not a model. I'm from a small town in Minnesota. I happen to play a mean violin, and I'm smart. And but that's what you're to, thinking to yourself? That's what I'm thinking. I have to be out. Oh, and don't trip. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> we, we've we talked a lot about pageants on the show, and everyone knows how we feel. But this is like being celebrated as like this super amazing progressive move. And I I don't know. I, I, I think it's weird to still act like women are not going to be judged on their right. outward appearance. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a bunch of girls next door, just your like your neighbor. Yeah, I, I, I do think it's good that they are moving the evening wear portion, even saying that is weird, Um, to you can wear a pantsuit. You don't have to wear a dress, you know. But what the hell? Why Why hasn't this changed before now? Um, why do we still have... They're not going to call it a pageant. They're going to call it a competition. It's still a fucking pageant. Yeah, Just because you call it a competition doesn't mean it's not a pageant. It seems like there's more changes that can be made. Ultimately, Miss America is a scholarship program. You get money to go to school. No, that's, that's really know, what it is. Th- th- it's not... Uh, John Oliver did a thing. Go Google it. They don't give near the fucking money they say they do. Right. So what I'm saying is if, if Gretchen Carlson is really passionate about this... Yeah. 
and it is it is about things other than appearance that it is about something other than the dog and pony show on NBC um, and exploiting women if it's about something other than that then go full force and turn it into something other than that I don't know what the answer is, you know, maybe have women like come up and have a vicious debate and then give the scholarship ship money to the team yeah. that wins. I, I don't know, but there just seems a better way than like parading women around on stage and having them walk in front of a panel of judges and then like rate them on their evening wear. Right. Um, well, let's see. Let's wait and see this next year what it's going to be like. Are they going to have a, a lady in a wheelchair and... Uh, it's not about looks. It's not about being able to walk down the, the runway and where we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll yeah. see what this next crop of contestants is. Yeah. Women of all shapes and sizes. Yeah, sure. Everybody fair game, right? Not a fucking chance. Mm-hmm. We'll see, though. We'll see. All right. We would love to know. I know I just dropped the number. I can do it again. 657-464-7609. We would love to have your communication for this um, upcoming episode, which will be 415. Can you believe it? We love you guys. We appreciate you. Please go rate and review the show on iTunes with profanity-free reviews. Um, go follow us on Twitter, at Dollamore, at Brittany E. Page. That would be fantastic. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. You are awesome. We will see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore. This has been I Doubt It. Yeah, I hate it. As soon as that happens, like, I'm done watching a show. I'll turn yeah. it the fuck off. I, <laughs> I get so angry. <laughs> <laughs>